Hello, this is part two of episode 16 of this podcast. This is the case of the missing Beaumont children from Australia. Part one of this episode covered the background of the Beaumont family, namely the mother and father and also the three children, Jane, Anna and Grant. This case is still unsolved and has been for over 54 years now. This part will cover the police investigation and the theories as well as suspects that have come to light over the many years. Also, I will look at the most likely theory from police at the time and throughout the many years since. To recap from the previous part of this episode, the three Beaumont children were nine-year-old Jane, seven-year-old Anna and four-year-old Grant. Their parents were Jim Beaumont, whose real name was Grant, but he liked to go by the name of Jim. The children's mother was Nancy Beaumont. The children were allowed quite a lot of freedom while they were growing up in Australia. It was 1966 and times were certainly very different to how they are today today in many ways. Jane would often look after her two younger siblings, her sister Anna and her little brother Grant. Jane was considered by her parents to be quite responsible and they felt that she would always take good care of the younger ones and all the signs were that Jane did actually take good care of the little ones. Jane was described as being responsible and sensible and would always look after her younger siblings well. Jane enjoyed reading and playing outside in good weather. People considered her maternal in the way that she looked after her siblings. Jane was also considered to be quite shy. Anna, on the other hand, was considered to to be more of an extrovert compared to her older sister. Grant was considered to be well behaved and he enjoyed playing just like a lot of boys his age. The family enjoyed a fairly good lifestyle and there were no known problems at all. When the children's father, Jim, was working away from home, trying to sell linen, Jane would write to him and she would write little notes with updates on what herself and the rest of the family had been up to. Jim would keep the notes and enjoyed receiving them and reading them. The family enjoyed holidays as a family and would take many photos over the years. It did seem as though they were a very close family who enjoyed spending time together whenever they could. It must have been such a shock when the children went missing on the 26th of January of 1966, Australia Day. And despite the huge searches and many public appeals for information, not very much is known, even today, about what actually happened to Jane, Anna and Grant Beaumont on that beautiful summer's day. Many witnesses had come forward shortly after they had found out about the missing children to offer any information that they could. Some witnesses had reported to the police that they had witnessed three children who they believed to be the Beaumont children with a man who was probably in his 30s. He was seen by many people on Glenegg Beach on the day day that the children went missing. Other confirmed sightings of the Beaumont children had occurred at the Collie Reserve and at Wenzel's Cake Shop, which was located on Mosley Street, Glenegg. The man that was seen with the children was described as in his 30s and he was tall and had blonde hair and he had a very slim build. This unknown man did seem to become the main suspect in this case, but he never came forward. A sketch was made of the suspect at the time from information 
gained from many witnesses on the beach. At one point, the man was observed by some witnesses helping Jane get changed into her shorts just before the man and all three of the Beaumont children left the beach. If true, this is obviously disturbing. A nine-year-old girl would not need help to dress and a man who was not a close family member would not be expected to help in this way. Jane was known to be very shy, so this does seem creepy to me. The feeling was that maybe Jane already knew the man, perhaps from previous trips to the beach when Jane and Anna and Grant were without any parental supervision. According to reports, Anna Beaumont had made a comment to her mother Nancy about Jane having a secret boyfriend at the beach. This comment was supposed to have been made shortly before they disappeared. Apparently, this was brushed off by Nancy Beaumont at the time. She only remembered it after the children had gone missing and after reports had come in about a stranger being seen with her children on the day that they had all disappeared. The Australian police had to consider that this man, whoever he was, could have been potentially grooming Jane or even all three of the children. If so, this could have been going on for a few weeks or even longer. According to various witnesses, the children appeared at ease with him on the beach that day. Another report that seems to back up suspicions about this man and his behaviour was an incident with the children's money. The spare change Nancy had given them for their bus and for their lunch seemed to have disappeared. The lady who served Jane at about midday on the 26th of January of 1966 in the cafe recalled that she had used a £1 Australian pound note to pay for the children's lunches, but Nancy did not give her a pound note, only change, just enough for their travel money and for a pasty at lunchtime for all three of them. The lady also noticed that Jane bought more food than was needed for her and her two siblings, which was unusual because she had served Jane on many occasions before. The theory by many at the time was that the man had taken Jane's money or her purse which had contained the money. The reasoning being that he could then pretend to save the day in a way by paying for their lunches and also they would not have money to catch the bus home which could have led him to offer them a lift. The children were only meant to be at the beach for a couple of hours, so maybe he needed to buy some more time, literally. The police searched a vast area, including all of the local beaches, sand hills, any nearby buildings that appeared empty or derelict, the airport just in case the perpetrator had tried to leave Australia with the children. Railway lines and interstate roads were also being monitored, just in case the children were being transported out of the area. Other possibilities were also considered. Maybe one of the children had had an accident of some kind and the other two had stayed to look after him or her, but after a while they would in all likelihood, have been found by someone. The police also considered the possibility that the children had all drowned in the sea. This did not seem very likely for many reasons. Jane was known to stay in the shallow water and ensured her younger siblings did too. Also, what are the chances of all three children drowning in one instant, although not impossible, if one got into trouble and the other two went to help and got swept away, it was still considered very unlikely. Not to mention the fact that the beach was 
packed on that day, so someone would surely have noticed the commotion of three children struggling in the sea. The police also reported that if they had all drowned, they would have found their belongings on the beach, but they did not recover any items that the children had with them from that day. The case of the missing Beaumont children attracted attention all around the world. It was so unusual for three siblings to just disappear, especially as this was the 1960s. Times were so different back then, and because of that, children were often allowed more freedom and had responsibilities with regards to looking after their younger siblings, more so than children do today. On the day that the children went missing, it had been a typical day during the summer in Australia, Lovely hot weather and a whole day stretched out in front of them to enjoy as they had so often before. Jim Beaumont was away from home working but due back that day. Nancy Beaumont was keen to finish her chores so that she could get on with her day with the children. The three children, as is typical of a lot of children, did not want to have to wait for their mother to be free to go with them so became impatient. All in all, very typical behaviour and their mother probably thought with Jane in charge they would all be okay going to the beach without adult supervision as they had on many previous occasions. Not only that, that, but the beach would be busy with lots of people enjoying the weather because it was a public holiday in Australia on that day. It is not hard to see how this all came about, especially in more innocent times. Initially, the police did not really consider abduction as a real possibility. The fact that there were three children who would have stayed together would make an abduction very difficult. It would not be impossible, but tricky, and witnesses might have realised what was going on at the time. But if someone had groomed the children and had also paid for them to have lunch, then maybe, if they felt comfortable enough, they could be encouraged to go off somewhere with him. Maybe they were offered a lift home, who knows, but if they did not fear him at all, then abduction would be possible, in my opinion. By the time they realised what was happening, it would, in all probability, be too late for them to do anything about it. Other witnesses had also come forward with various sightings, a sighting of all three children in a car in the local area, another sighting from someone who thought that they had that they had seen them in New Zealand. At the time, the children would not have needed passports to enter New Zealand from Australia. But you would think the children would be upset or people at the airport would sense that something was not right with the man's relationship with the children. I personally think that it would be far too risky to try and take them all out of the country. I think the risks would be far too great. None of the sightings could be verified either, so I am unsure how reliable some of these sightings were. People do try to give accurate information, I'm sure, and are often keen to help, and sometimes the information that is given to the police is not always accurate. People will often, through no ill intent, add things to their accounts, which does not help the overall police investigation. You can understand the general public's willingness to assist in these cases, especially when there was three missing children, but not all information will be reliable. Another tool that the police used was to engage with psychics in case they could offer any clues as to where the children were or what had happened to them. A famous psychic came to Australia from the Netherlands to try and help. The whole reports at the time when this particular psychic came over to Australia seemed almost show busy, largely thanks to the media. 
There seemed to be so much hype for some reason, but no real substance to it, as is often the case in these situations, in my opinion anyway. Maybe his intentions were good, but did there need to be such a fanfare for such a sad, cold case involving three missing young children? The psychic who came to Australia from the Netherlands did identify a site in a warehouse close to the children's home which he said that he believed the bodies of the children had been buried. When the children disappeared it had been a building site and the psychic said that he believed their bodies had been placed under some new concrete. Generous donations from the public and some local businesses raised enough money for the site to be checked out properly but no remains were found or any evidence relating to the Beaumont children was found at all. This all happened in late 1996, so many, many years after the children went missing. The parents also received hoax letters relating to their missing children and although all leads were checked, nothing came of any of them, unfortunately. A local man called Harry Phipps, who was a local factory owner, is said to have been linked to the missing children by his estranged son, Hayden. It is thought Harry Phipps bore a resemblance to the artist's impression of the suspect, who was seen on the beach with the three children in August of 1966, but he did not really become a suspect until about 2013. Harry Phipps was already dead by this time. He had died in 2004. He was also alleged to have had paedophile tendencies and had lived close to Glenique Beach at the time the children had gone missing. Harry Phipps's son Hayden who had been 15 at the time that the children went missing came forward to investigators many years later to say that he had seen the Beaumont children in his father's yard that day. Whether Hayden had in fact seen the children with their, his father on that day in August 1966 we'll probably never know really obviously nothing can be proven now so many years later and property and businesses owned by Harry Phipps were looked at after suspicions were aroused about his possible involvement there were other suspects on the police radar over the 54 years that have passed but no one has ever been charged there have been other cases in Adelaide that police have looked at as being connected, possibly being connected to the Beaumont children's case, but nothing substantial has ever come of it and certainly no arrests appear to have been made in connection with the case. Hopefully the person responsible will be caught or identified uh, so at least some justice will be served for the children and for their loved ones. It must have been heartbreaking for the parents when their children just disappeared with no further explanation as to what had happened to them or where their bodies were. Jim Beaumont's search for his children was so and was so involved with the investigation and to a degree remains so today by all accounts, despite being in his 90s. He did return to work as a salesman after a few weeks because he apparently wanted to keep busy. Nancy Beaumont also helped search for her missing children and did what she could, but she needed support from her doctor and did have to use sedatives for a while. Most of us would probably need some help and possible medication in this horrible situation as well. 
Nancy Beaumont would sometimes go on the trips with her husband just to try and take her mind off the fate of her beloved children and to escape the many reminders for a short while anyway. The Beaumonts received widespread sympathy from the public on the whole. They continued to live in the house at Somerton Park where the children had also lived until their disappearance. Nancy did tell a reporter that she would often hope that the children would just turn up out of at the home and that she felt it would be dreadful if her children came back and she was not there waiting for them. The Beaumonts did eventually divorce but not until decades after the children had gone missing. Neither Jim or Nancy had any more children after that. Both parents did move away separately from their family home but made sure the police knew where to find them if they had any information to give them. Nancy died in Adelaide in a nursing home on the 16th of September of 2019, aged 92. Jim is still alive and lives in Adelaide still. This is such a sad case and the fact that the family did not find out what had happened to their three children makes it unbearable. For over 50 years the parents had to live through this nightmare, reliving it over and over again. They were never able to lay their children to rest because their bodies have never been recovered. You also have to wonder how the children felt when they realised, if in fact they had time to realise, that they were in danger. If they were abducted, as most people think that they were, how quickly did things turn bad and how much pain and suffering did they have to go through? It is hard to imagine what these poor children must have gone through and did they see their siblings being hurt or killed. It is hard to imagine. Times, as I've said before, were very different and although nowadays most parents would not let their young children get a bus to go to the beach without any form of adult supervision, it was very different back in the 1960s. Also, this was not just the case in Australia, but for many other countries too, where they used to let their children have a lot more freedom than they do today. This case, as well as a few other well-known cases during this time, would change how people brought up their children. This does not mean that the Beaumonts or any other parents did a bad thing or that they were bad parents. In fact, in the case of Jim and Nancy Beaumont, all the signs pointed to them taking care of their children and spending a lot of time with them. In my opinion, it really was just a different time and not as much was known about stranger danger as it is today. If the children were abducted, then clearly it was the person who took them that is to blame for what happened, not the parents or anybody else. Credits for this episode go to Wikipedia, Case File Podcast and CrimeViral.com. Thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.